Hello, welcome to the Healthy for Men podumentary series. My name's Tom Rowley. I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine. Before we get going, just a quick partnership announcement. This episode is brought to you by Bounce Foods. Now, Bounce's mission is to inspire positive change in the way people eat, think, and live, which is what the Healthy for Men podumentary series is all about. If you haven't tried Bounce Foods before, they're full of high-quality protein, high-quality vitamins and minerals, and they're great for when you're on the go and you need a quick snack. There's also a vegan option called V-Life, which are made from almonds and plant protein. Super tasty, super convenient. Grab a Bounce Ball from any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK or visit bouncefoods.com for more information. Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Healthy for Men podumentary series in association with Holland and Barrett. My name's Tom Rowley. I'm the editor of Healthy for Men magazine. And in this episode, we explore the ketogenic diet. Now, ketogenic diets are popular with athletes and those who want to lose weight, but it can also be used to treat serious illnesses. Today, we speak with Emma Williams, founder of the charity Matthew's Friends, who promotes the awareness of medical ketogenic diet therapies for epilepsy. Emma was awarded an MBE for her work with the charity back in 2013. Also, don't forget to pick up your copy of Healthy for Men magazine in any Holland and Barrett store throughout the UK. Uh, in this issue, we have Max and Tom Evans, the ex-rugby players, uh, who share their workout to do with a friend. We also explore the best diet. What wins in the battle of nutrition? Is it vegans or carnivores? Uh, and Chris Hoy shares his advice on how to stay fit at any age. Thank you for downloading this episode, and we hope you enjoy our conversation with Emma Williams. Ketogenic diets have been growing in popularity over the years, especially with people who want to lose weight or increase performance. Uh, the name ketogenic means that it produces ketones in the body, uh, which are formed when the body uses fat for its source of energy. Uh, but increasingly, this diet is proven to offer more than performance-boosting qualities and may be able to change people's lives in ways that we couldn't have imagined. So today we're joined with Emma Williams. Emma, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So before we get into your story and um, the story of your charity and, and your son's story, so if I was on a ketogenic diet, yeah. a, a medical ketogenic diet, what would I be eating? What would a dietitian recommend to me? You would be eating good food. Mm -hmm. That's what you'd be eating. You'd be eating meats, fish, vegetables, uh, fruits in the form of berries and dairy and good quality oils. That's what you would be eating. So you would be cooking more from scratch. There would be very little processed food, if any at all, and there would be no sugar in your diet. So when you put it like that, it's actually a very healthy way of eating. It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It is. Mm. It is a very good way of eating when you're on a low-carb, higher-fat diet. Mm. Now, if you're on a medical ketogenic diet, this is where, on the strictest version of these diets, you would be eating a 90% fat diet. Oh. Okay, so this is where every gram of food will be weighed and measured, um, including all the carbohydrates and protein. So you would be on very, very, very little carbohydrate a day. Mm -hmm. um, you would be on the minimal sort of amount of protein that you would need per kilo of weight, especially if you're a child, to mm -hmm. help with growth. And then the rest of your diet would be coming in the form of fat. That's where you'd be getting the energy from. 
I see. So let me get this right. So this is your, you're on this high fat diet. So yeah. uh, your body can get used to processing fat mm -hmm. and use its own fat storages as energy. Is that a fair way of describing with, it? Well, with the medical diets, it's a bit different because we're not actually looking for weight loss. Mm -hmm. So the dietitian that will be managing it will be looking at providing enough protein for growth, minimal amounts of carbohydrate in order to switch that metabolism yeah. and to produce, to give enough fat in the body to produce the energy that you need to get through the day. So with children, it's very prescriptive. Mm -hmm. So the dietitian will come in and go, right, you need exactly this many grams of protein a day, this many grams of carbohydrate and this many grams of fat. And when we're talking in the strictest versions of these diets, we'll be looking at ratios. So normally four to one or three to one, which means it'll be four grams of fat to every one gram of protein and carbohydrate given. Right. So those are the really, really strict medical ketogenic diets. And those are the kind of diets we work with. However, there are other types of medical diets which aren't quite as restrictive as that, which we use for adults. And these are modified ketogenic diets where normal portions of protein are given, carbohydrates are restricted to maybe 10 to 20 grams of carb a day. And then we promote high fat foods and we're looking for shiny food. So you're looking for good oil dressings. You're looking for shiny vegetables. Shiny and foods. So we call it shiny food to promote that fat. Mm. And sometimes we have to be quite prescriptive with the fats for our patients as well, just to make sure they're getting enough in. Because if you don't eat enough fat, you won't have the energy and you'll feel a bit lethargic and tired. It won't make you feel great. I see. So Let's get into the story of, of your charity. So it started with your son, Matthew. Yes. Who I believe right. was two years old uh, when you found out he had epilepsy. Is that right? He was actually a lot younger than that. Right. So he started having seizures at the age of nine months old. And uh, these seizures got very nasty very quickly. And he was put on medication and it didn't work. It didn't stop the seizures. So we were put on a combination of medications and it still wasn't working. And Matthew was having a condition called status epilepticus, which meant that the seizures weren't resolving. We couldn't stop them. So he would seize for hours. And these are the, the, the full blown seizures, which most people associate with epilepsy, where he falls to the ground and convulses all mm. over and loses consciousness. That must have been scary for, for you It's as, absolutely as terrifying. The first time he did it, I thought he was going to die. Mm. Um, so these kind of things are terrifying. And then other seizures were coming in, things like drop attacks and or atonic seizures. And this is where he could be standing one minute and the next minute he would just hit the floor. It's like somebody had nicked his skeleton out of his body. He would just mm -hmm. literally go so quickly. Or he would have massive myoclonic jerks. And we all have myoclonic jerks. These are the types of seizures that go on that, you know, when you're dropping off to sleep at night and all of a sudden you think you're falling out of bed. Yeah. Quick that, jump. Yeah, yeah. Quick jump. And you're like, oh, wide mm. awake. What was that? That's classed as a myoclonic jerk. So how do you prepare for those as, as you a mother? You can't prepare. You can't mm. prepare for that. And Matthew was having 10 to 15 of the big tonic clonic seizures a day. He was having a lot of drop attacks. He was having a lot of absence seizures. He was having hundreds of different types of seizures a week. 10 to 15 a day. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a he big had chunk no of the life. day. No, I can no imagine. Life. Did that really restrict you from going out and, and oh, everything, everything, everything has a knock-on effect mm. because you tend to isolate yourself away. Mm. Because obviously, when you're going out and seizures are not nice to witness, and when it's your own child, you know it's 
it's very distressing. And then you, you quickly, you never get used to it. You get hardened to it. You learn how to deal with it, but then you have to deal with everybody else's reaction when you go out. So sometimes it's a lot easier not to go out mm-hmm. and not to, not to mix in public. And then you find yourself getting quite isolated. And you also find out who your family and friends are because a lot of people didn't want their children around Matthew and didn't want to be associated because one, they didn't want to see it. They didn't want their children to see it. It was too upsetting for them. So all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, quite lonely. That's shocking. You wouldn't have expected that to be Oh, an no, issue. that's quite common with families. Really? That, that goes on quite a bit. Wow. So where people are frightened of seeing it because having a, witnessing a seizure is not a pleasant experience. No. It's, it's especially not pleasant for the person going through it. And to witness it and to witness your child going through it, your baby especially, is, well, at any age, to be quite frank, is just horrible. But if it wasn't hard enough already for yeah. your family uh, and then to yeah. have people, you know, keep themselves away from you f- for that reason is, yeah, oh, yeah. that must be... Yeah, it has a knock-on effect. Mm. It, it affects everyone, every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I had to give up work as well at that time in order to take care of him because there was no way anybody could care for him. You, you can't leave him with anybody. Um, and then I had my young daughter as well. So she came along very quickly. And, of course, that affected Alice's life too. Mm. So she was growing up. All she knew was her brother having seizures and the side effects of all the medication he was on. And that made him quite violent. So she couldn't go near her brother because he would hit out or he would scream all the time mm. and, and things like that. So life was pretty stressful. But when he was about two years old, I found out about the ketogenic diet, which is actually the oldest form of treatment there is for epilepsy. It was around before the medications were around. And it was discovered back in uh, like early 1921. Oh, wow. Um, if not earlier. No, we're talking 100 years old. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, we're, we're celebrating in 2021 the 100 years of the ketogenic diet or the official ketogenic diet. Mm. But it was noted and ha- it was kind of discovered or worked on because they noticed that when people with seizures were ill mm-hmm. and not eating, their seizures would stop. So then there was a doctor that started coming out in America that was going, well, how can we replicate this? Because before that, there were people that were literally, it was called the starvation diet, where people with seizures were being starved for up to 25 days to try and stop their seizures, and they were only allowed water. Mm. But obviously, you can't do that. That's that's not a good thing to do. So what they did is replicate this fasting state, Mm -hmm. which is the ketogenic diet, how the ketogenic diet came about. Because if you forcibly take away the carbohydrates – and you give fat instead, you are forcibly switching that metabolism mm. over to a fat burning metabolism, which produces the ketones and the alternative energy for the brain. So that's how it started off. And it was the first treatment there was for epilepsy. But of course, with the advent of medication, it's a lot easier taking a pill than it is following a very strict diet. And they were very, very strict back then. Mm. They were, you know, drinking cups of oil. So it was very unpleasant. Whereas modern day diets aren't like that at all. But so I found out about the ketogenic diet uh, when Matthew was about two. But sadly, it took me another five years to get him on it. Because when I first went to his neurologist and asked about it, I was told it was disgusting. It didn't work. Why would I want to subject my son to that? Don't you think he's suffering enough? So I had all that. So why did the um, experts say Mm. that it was disgusting? disgusting Because she didn't know anything about the diet. 
And that was my first valuable lesson. It's not about the hospital you're in or the center you're under because I was in one of the best centers in the world. And I still believe that to this day. Mm. I just happened to be in front of a doctor that didn't believe in it. Whereas in the next room, there was a doctor that was planning on doing a big clinical trial on it because she did believe in it. I see. So that was my first valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. It's not always the center, it's who you're in front of. And this particular neurologist didn't believe in the diet, wasn't a lover of it, didn't think we needed it. Drugs are by far the best option, and that's what was told to me, mm-hmm. as well as being told that my son would probably be dead by the age of 12 or in a residential home because we wouldn't be able to cope with him. So as we sort of went on over the years, uh, Matthew was getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. And I, I felt like the uh, egg timer was running out and I was going to lose him. And so when we'd gone back, we'd gone through all the drugs and he was on about four or five medications and I was carrying medication everywhere with me. You know, uh, life was pretty miserable. Marriage had broken down. I was a single mum. I had the two kids. Mm. You know, Alice's life was miserable too. Uh, it was pretty hard going. And then I went back and said, you've got to let me try the diet because I don't care how bad you say it is. Because I'd been asking for it on and off, but still with this refusal. Mm. And that's when she said, oh, actually, my colleague has started a ketogenic diet trial, clinical trial. I'll put him forward for it. And he was put forward for it. And within two weeks of starting the ketogenic diet, his seizures dropped by 90%. And within eight months, he was off all medication. It was a different boy. And the seizures he did have left were really short didn't interfere with his life. He sort of got up afterwards. His recovery was a lot better. And all of a sudden, I had this lovely, calm, smiley, <laughs> happy little boy on my hands. Fantastic. And Alice and I were looking at him going, who's that? What, what's going on? <laughs> and all of a sudden, she was able to start having a relationship with her brother. And we were, start, we were able to start having a life. Yeah. And it was... And when I actually did the diet myself, it was daunting when I first started. Any new diet is. Absolutely. But once you got used to it, I'm like, really? Is this what she was on about, being difficult and being hard? You've got to be kidding me. And I was so angry. I can imagine you were, yeah. I was fuming. And I've always sort of, it's one of those things that I've always said that I was either going to kill a neurologist or set up a charity. And thankfully, (laughs) the latter one. I I am kidding when I say that. It's like anybody takes me seriously. But it is one of those things you're just so mad Mm -hmm. going, I asked for this, you know, over five years ago and it's taken me this long. You feel like time was wasted. Absolutely. I think I calculated that if I put Matthew on the diet when I first asked for it, instead of having to wait five years, Mm. I would have saved him at least... 24,720 seizures minimum. That's a very difficult number to live with. Absolutely. And an entire relationship uh, with his sister as well. And so many emotional elements to it. I I can see why you would be angry. I think anyone would. Yeah. So it was a question of, like I say, you know, set up a charity because I knew other families were going to be told the same as me. Mm. And they, my anger came as that I wasn't allowed to have an informed choice. Mm. I wasn't able to try it for myself. I was just told no. It's, and I'm like, that's wrong. Because actually when I got to it, it was the best thing ever to happen to Matthew. Yeah. And it wasn't as difficult and it didn't have horrendous side effects. And Matthew did very, very well and he enjoyed his food. And mm. we, I got to grips with it and it was great. It was fine. It was actually good, wholesome food. It wasn't the processed rubbish that, you know, people get fed or yeah. loads of carbohydrates. It was good quality food. So was he straight into it? There was no sort of fussing around? He wasn't... 
did he not have to get used to eating all these high fat foods and or in the first couple of weeks was a bit difficult mm. i have to say because you went from having great big portions of food down to tiny amounts mm. so visually it was kind of difficult to look at and going wow that's never going to fill him up but actually it does because Obviously, it's a high-fat dinner, so the yeah. calories are exactly the same, but it just looks a lot smaller because you've got high-fatter foods there, so you've right. got more dense calories going in. So the first couple of weeks were a bit tough. They were, I'm not going to lie, they weren't uh, plain sailing. Matthew was a bit like, where's the rest of it? Because, you know, four mouthfuls and it was gone. Mm. And back then, obviously, this was a while ago, um, it was it, we were straight into it. Whereas now there's a lot more choice of diets. They don't do that anymore. They step in slowly and let the children sort of mm. build up to it, or the adults, you know, step in at their own pace, which is a lot better. Which is a lot better. But we're all on a learning curve with it. Mm. So we were, you know, and we we still are. You're always learning things about the diet now. Yeah. So such was your experience that. You had to spread awareness for this. Yeah. This was I had to do it an imperative and, uh, for you. And I also thought that, you know, it's not fair that other children aren't getting access to this. Absolutely. Um, so I was very supportive of the clinical trial that was being done by Professor Cross. Mm-hmm. And so I said I was going to set up a charity. I asked Professor Cross whether she would chair our medical board for us because I wanted to make sure that the information I was giving out to families or that Matthew's friends was giving out to families was credible mm. and medically supported. So I could turn around and I could argue the point with people and say, actually, it's not me that's saying this. Professor Cross from Great Ormond Street Hospital is saying it as well. There you go. Read this Mm. because that gave me the ammunition I needed to and the credibility for Matthew's friends to go out there and say, you need to have this in your hospitals. We need to treat more children with this. Mm -hmm. So it was about sharing my experiences. It was about um, making sure that families didn't get told the same thing I did Mm -hmm. and listen to it. Basically, don't do what I did. Don't go, oh, okay, then if that's what you think, I won't do it because actually it turned out to be wrong. Right, yeah. And I didn't want other families to do the same as that. So Matthew now is 24, is that right? He did. He just officially doubled his life expectancy back on the 8th of September. Wow. So we had a big ball, fundraising ball um, for his charity in order to help other kids. So yes, he's 24. Uh, He still lives at home. With me, he has got disabilities, but we have carers that come in while I go to work. But he still lives with his mum and he loves his life. He goes swimming three times a week. He goes out to his social clubs and he's really got a great time. And he's got an army of females around him that all adore (laughs) him. So he's got, he's got, yeah, he's got a lovely life now. So, and he's a very happy boy. He was on the diet for a total of six years and then I weaned him off because you don't have to be on these diets for life. Okay, that's interesting. So for for epilepsy, we're not using diets for life. So So once they stop showing signs of uh, seizures, then that's when you would wean them Normally, yeah, we trial the diet for three months. Mm -hmm. And then if we see improvement, be it cognitive um, clarity of thought, or they're just brighter, Mm -hmm. reduction in seizures, we'll carry on the diet for about two years and then we'll do a trial wean down. I was so scared to wean Matthew off the diet because he was so good that I kept him on for six years. But um, you don't have to stay on that long. Some people Mm. choose to, some people don't. I chose to uh, with him. And we weaned him off after six years and the seizures never came back. And there will be 10%, 10 to 20% of patients that go on the diet that will go onto the ketogenic diet, uh, slam dunk as we call them. They literally go onto the ketogenic diet, stop having seizures, stay on the diet for two years, get weaned off the diet, never have another seizure. 
done. Wow, a slam dunker. A slam dunker, that's what we call We like the slam dunkers. That's a good word. Yeah, they slam dunk. Minute they're in ketosis, the seizures stop. Why, we don't know. We still haven't got to the bottom of why the ketogenic diets work. But we know for two-thirds of patients that go on the diet, they'll have a greater than 50% reduction. Mm-hmm. And Matthew had a 90% reduction in his seizures. And when you go from hundreds of seizures a week to single figures and they're short, self-rectifying, and he wakes up smiling, mm. normally they're in his sleep, then we can manage those. Those are nothing compared to what we used to have. And he still enjoys his life. You kind of live with that. And it's the best we could have, especially with Matthew having his diagnosis, plus he suffered terrible brain damage from the years of having seizures before mm. he got the diet. But yeah, he's got a good life now, and there are lots of other kids that have got good lives out there, and adults now that are on the diet that have got the best quality of life that wasn't able to drive beforehand and mm-hmm. now driving and now working and now reduce their medication. So for anybody that's out there, I would always say it's worth trying. Fantastic. Uh, it's good to hear that, that Matthew's doing so well um, and you know he's got past his seizures. Is there anything that, you know, from those days of when he did have seizures um, since being on a ketogenic diet that really affects him to this day? I think obviously the brain damage he endured. I mean, he's got scarring all over his brain because of the prolonged seizures he had. So he is disabled. He has got problems. You know, obviously he's in a wheelchair now. And because he's also got Drave, which is a catastrophic epilepsy syndrome, that's also the condition behind uh, why he had them. So, you know, yes, he has got problems, but uh, seizures actually aren't the main one. You know, it's that's not the problem now. And if for some reason, because you never know, if he did go downhill with seizures, I would go straight back to diet. That would be my go-to. Straight back to the ketogenic. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, is, that was his magic bullet. That's what did it for him. Okay. So how does the organisation work to increase, increase awareness? Obviously, you're, you're global organization yeah. aren't you and you've got yeah. partners all over the world as well we've got partners all over the world we've also got branches in canada um i've got president out in canada and a president of matthew's friends new zealand as well so they kind of look after that area i'm lucky that i've got an international medical board so i've got professors from america and australia as mm-hmm. well as the uk um and germany and europe i've got all these experts with kitchen diets that i work with that i can call on for mm-hmm. information um, so yeah, I'm raising awareness is raising. I think we start by educating. And that's educating professionals on actually take this a, a lot more seriously. And thankfully, you know, down to Professor Cross's trial, it's now in the nice guidelines and the ketogenic diet is accepted mm. as a treatment for complex epilepsy in children. Now we just need to get it in the nice guidelines for adults. Mm. Now my argument with this one, and this is an ongoing fight I have, um, is they'll trial medications in adults for epilepsy and then give them to children once they've proved the efficacy of the medication in adults, and then they'll give them off license to children. We've got a trial that's proved the efficacy of the diet in children, but now all of a sudden we've got some people going, oh, no, 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 we can't give that to adults. We need another clinical trial. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa hang on. We've got lots of studies in adults that say the ketogenic diet can work mm-hmm. just as well. So why are we all of a sudden going to have to waste time and lots of money mm-hmm. and years before adults can get it? When we've got some adult clinics across the UK now, but mm-hmm. just not enough. Right. And we need more transition clinics because these children are growing up and there are people with metabolic disorders mm-hmm. such as GLUT1. The, the ketogenic diet is their only treatment. 
and they need clinics now for adults. So there, there is an increasing demand for adult services mm. for ketogenic, for medical ketogenic diets. Right. So the medical regulations are one of the biggest barriers for Matthew's friend to sort of spread. We don't awareness. have enough dietitians in NHS. Mm. We don't have or enough ketogenic dietitians mm. or enough dietitians trained to do ketogenic diets. Uh. Um, so this is why we have our training course. This is why we do our awareness days. This is why we do huge, great conferences. Uh, there is the big global ketogenic diet conference that's just happened in Jeju in South Korea. Um, and we were a sponsor out there. And then we bring it to Brighton in 2020. So yeah. that's over 600 to 800 experts coming in from all over the world just mm -hmm. to talk medical ketogenic diets for various conditions. Do you ever meet parents that are sceptical about ketogenic diets and yes. dismissive of it? Is that uh, a barrier to you Dismissive, well? no. Um, sceptical, yes. Um, frightened of it, yes. Um, worried how they would cope with it or how their child would cope with it, mm -hmm. very much so. Um, don't know what to do if we're going to take away the sweets or they love their chips or they love. And I can understand that from a parent point of view. I'm not knocking the parents for being like that because when you have a child that's got complex epilepsy, you know, you'll do anything to make their life nice and to mm -hmm. give them treats and all the rest of it. And it, we have got to that kind of food treat society where we associate chocolates and things and that, that would mm -hmm. have a treat and anything to make these children feel better. Mm -hmm. And you feel like the some families can feel like the nurturing side's being taken away. And this is where we do a lot of education and a lot of things uh, in the kitchen and a lot of our pamphlets and our YouTube channel where we've got our keto cook mode that demonstrates a lot of recipes and things that you can still give them nice food on the diet, but actually don't forget to think that treats mm. come in other ways. You know, if you've got a child that isn't seizing all the time, all of a sudden you might be able to take them to the cinema or you could take them to the park and they can enjoy all those. Kind of, there's lots of non-food treats. Mm. Um there, there are some families that, you know, do find it difficult to change their eating patterns to start off with. Um, some might think that the diet is expensive, especially if they do eat a lot of the cheaper types of foods. Carbohydrate is very cheap to buy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You see, and we're turning around and saying, no, actually, what we would like you to do is buy, you know, chicken and meats and eggs and nuts um, are quite expensive, aren't nuts, they? Nuts, yeah, if we're using ground almond flowers instead mm -hmm. to make lower carb ingredients. Um, berries are quite expensive. Mm. You know, I mean, it's madness when you think about this day and age. You know, you've got to pay £2 for a bag of apples, but 50p for 10 donuts. Mm. I, and then people wonder why everybody is eating too much carbohydrate and sugar. It's extremely backwards, isn't it? But do you it's, find that perhaps crazy. if you are on a ketogenic diet, do you eat less? I mean, you're having higher protein meals. You in do theory, eat less. You'll be, there'll be more um, satiety than, than yes. there would be with a Yeah, that's a common carb. thing. Once people get used to that idea and once people are, are on the ketogenic diet, you certainly, from my own experience, I didn't find the ketogenic diet any more, exper uh, any more expensive. Because actually you're having smaller portions, like you say, you're having higher fat foods mm -hmm. and you, you're not snacking as much. You don't want as much food. You don't need as much food because you're having a higher fat diet, but you just seem to run more efficiently mm -hmm. on it and certainly seem a lot clearer and brighter in a lot of ways. Absolutely. So I think we haven't spoken enough about epilepsy really as, as a condition. Um, do we know how 
it occurs in, in children? Is it simply hereditary? Or? Wow, that's a big question. And ideally, it should be a doctor that's answering it. Um, from a layman's point of view and from what I've learned over the years, epilepsy is a symptom. Mm-hmm. It's a symptom of something that is wrong. Right. It could be a condition, an epilepsy syndrome. If I take Matthew as an example, he has Dravet syndrome, a catastrophic epilepsy syndrome. And it's something that's gone wrong when he was developing and it, it can just happen. Mm. Some some epilepsies can be hereditary. Some can be as a result of a brain injury. Something can be a result of something that's just gone wrong mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines. Epilepsy is also one of those things that can happen at any age to anyone. So it doesn't discriminate. And we... Sometimes we just don't know why mm. it happens. It can be a, a stress um, response to something. So you don't um, have to have it since you were a child. No. It could occur later on in life. No, I've, um, I know people that, you know, everything's been absolutely all right. Mm. And, you know, 19 years of age, absolutely fine. Bang, one day has a seizure and you're like, what started that? Don't know. There are these things called idiopathic epilepsies that they've no known cause for them. We don't know why. Now, what a scary thought that is, that that could just uh, strike anyone at any time. It can do. Normally it's a result of, like I say, epilepsy or seizures, mm. a result of something that's wrong somewhere along the lines. Um, but we don't always know what is wrong. And certainly we need across the board for epilepsy, we need yeah. more clinical research. Um, like I say, the stats come out, that the, the figures we have that, you know, 70% of people with epilepsy could be controlled with appropriate medication, and mm-hmm. that's fine with very little side effects. That still leaves a minimum of about 30% that aren't controlled. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. So, you know, it's this is why we need you know, other options apart from medication. If we, The global consensus statement from ketogenic experts around the world turn around and say that if the first two appropriate medications fail, then the diet should at least be offered. And we will know within three months usually whether the diet's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. And for two-thirds of people that go on the diet, they will have at least a 50% drop in their seizures, right. at least. And it's comparable with any new anti-epileptic drug on the market. So are you fighting against big pharma? Is this an issue, whereas they're making so much money off of these drugs that perhaps uh, is overshadowing the the benefits of ketogenic diets? Just something that's a difficult one. I could sit here and go, yep, it's all big pharma's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I I could do. But the the fact is, we need big pharma. Mm. We need medications. You know, there are medications out there that make people a lot better. And if they work and there's no side effects, that's fine. I wouldn't want to be without the medicines we have, modern day medicines. But the face of the matter is it doesn't work for everybody. And there can be side effects to these. In fact, there are side effects to most drugs, let's face it. There are also side effects of the ketogenic diet, if I'm being totally balanced with everything. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem with ketogenic diet is the fact that it can be labor-intensive, for the families and also for the dietitians involved. So it's a lot easier to go into a doctor and go, try this medication, here's a prescription, give it twice a day. When you start teaching somebody about the ketogenic diet, we need to work with a doctor and a dietitian. Mm-hmm. Dietitian needs to spend time with the family. We need to make sure the schools and everybody that's involved with the child or the person is 
uh, au fait with the diet that can manage it and know the practicalities. It may mean a significant change in eating habits for the whole family mm-hmm. if they all try and embrace it and work with it. So it's a bit more labor intensive to start with, but if it works, it's it's worth it's worth every minute you spend on it. Mm-hmm. And also, once you get familiar with it, like any new diet, you get so used to it that actually it doesn't take any extra time at all, mm. and it just becomes part of your everyday routine. It's what you eat. You become so um, it just changes your habits, basically. Yeah. I suppose with any diet, you think about what you can eat. There's so many things you can eat on a ketogenic diet that yeah. are tasty and, and obviously nutritious and, and, and fantastic um, that it can be yeah, a very colourful diet to have. The one thing that I'm proud that Matthew's Friends has blown out of the water is the fact that do not anybody turn around to me and say ketogenic diet is unpalatable. Mm-hmm. If it is, uh, we need to get you back in the kitchen because something's gone wrong somewhere. <laughs> You know, eating a yeah. low-carb, high-fat diet is not an unpalatable thing. Absolutely. I'm sorry, butter on your veggies is lovely. Absolutely, I completely agree. Um, so what are the next steps for, for Matthew's friends? Where are you hoping to, obviously we're creating awareness where people are uh, starting to um, get clued up on ketogenic diets as, as more than just a lifestyle change. Um, what are your hopes and dreams for Matthew's friend in the next decade or so? My hopes are that we have ketogenic services available in every hospital in the country for adults and children. My hopes are we have more research into ketogenic diets with other conditions apart from epilepsy. Our own clinic is running trials or ketogenic cases ready for a trial for brain tumour, metabolic diseases. I know there's things going on for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. all kinds of neurodegenerative diseases needs looking at with the diet. So there's lots of research out there. There's lots of areas to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my hope that the people and medics and doctors start taking these diets and not just ketogenic diet. There are other diets out there that could be beneficial for health mm-hmm. and in, in some conditions. So my hope is that they start looking at these diets far more seriously than they have been and be open-minded to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eventual aim is the fact that there are dietitians in every GP surgery working alongside the doctors, looking at lifestyle, looking at diets for people that have got problems. Um, and I hope we have ketogenic services in every hospital throughout the country. So eventually I can turn around and go, it's been a pleasure to serve and you don't need us anymore. Mm-hmm. So away we go. We've got there. I think we're a long way off and I don't <laughs> think we're going to be hanging up our hat just yet, sadly. Mm-hmm. But that's the aim. So we will keep educating. We'll keep raising awareness. We'll keep lobbying. Um, we work in Parliament. Uh, we work with different cancers uh, or and different charities across the board. The thing is we're a treatment charity. So, of course, we work with all the different syndrome charities as well and all the epilepsy charities because medical ketogenic diets is the only thing we do. So we have a lot of people that pass through us all the time. Right. And plus we have our own clinic. So where there is no local service available for these people, mm. they can be referred into us, but we have to get, we have to raise funds in order to be able to see the people or, you know, get funding to be able to do it. So on a final note, um, if there are listeners that have epilepsy or they have a family member who has epilepsy, whether they're a child or an adult, what steps should they take uh, to help help their, their seizures? Um, I think if they're well controlled with medication, 
uh, with no side effects, then literally have a look at lower carb diets, not ketogenic ones, but maybe lowering the carbs, getting rid of the sugar out of the diet, looking because that might make them feel better mm. in themselves, but not the low carb diets that we've been talking about. But just lowering. Um, lowering the sugar intake down, maybe not having so much bread, pasta, rice, all that kind of stuff and potatoes, the general stuff, uh, but plenty of fruit and veg. Uh, if you have got uncontrolled epilepsy, if you're still having seizures and you're on medication, um, then I would ask about a ketogenic diet. Uh, start off by speaking to your doctor or your neurologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, no luck there, then come and talk to us at Matthew's Friends and we will give you all the information that you need to arm yourself um, and we'll do all that we can to support. So we've got a load of information that we can send out um, to people if they want to know. So all they've got to do is contact me, emma at matthewsfriends.org and we will send out the information that they need. Right. Well, I think the work that you and Matthew's friend are doing is fantastic. Thank I'm you. doing a great job to spread awareness and educate people. Uh, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming in and sharing uh, Matthew's story with us, your story with us, uh, and enlightening us about ketogenic diets and, and epilepsy. Thank you very much, Emma. No, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. All the best. And you. Bye-bye.